It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Kevin Sully, joined on this Monday by Lincoln Shrike. FlowTrackPodcast at gmail.com is the email address. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and on our website, flowtrack.org slash podcast. Lincoln, we have entered London Marathon Week. How are you? Right. Yeah, that's a good uh, that's a good way to, to look at it. That's definitely I, – I was uh, – you know, excited about the MLB playoffs and my Bears picked up another win. But in the running world, we do need to be excited about the London Marathon because it's it, it almost rivals those events for me. That's how exciting this this Bekele and Kipchoge matchup versus Jared Ward, of course, too. Can't forget him. <laughs> um, well, that was a lot of disrespect. I should take that back. Um, but no, yeah, it's Jared's exciting. He'd appreciate it. It's a, yeah, you know, I know he's he's said I think on another show he's trying not to get lapped, which is would be the race he said like the race of his life. So, uh, long winded way for show. me to say, oh, he you did. Don't listen to our did show. He? he was on our oh, show and he said that on our show. I mean, this is just not a good way to start the week here, Lincoln. With you, just, yeah. Well, you didn't, you didn't listen to the Jared excited. Ward interview. Listen to the Jared Ward interview. Don't even listen to me and Gordon. Just listen because the Jared Ward's on there. How do we expect other people oh, to listen okay. if you don't even listen to our own podcast? listen, when the first few months I listened, I was an everyday guy and then there's just been a lot, you know, I don't know if you've heard, there's an election coming up. Uh, you know, I have expenses that I have to deal with $750 here, $750 there. It's just, I have a lot going on in my life. So, okay. You know, sometimes I don't get to it. You're excused. You're excused. But I did like how you referenced him saying it on another podcast. Uh, when that other podcast was our podcast, I thought it was. I mean, maybe multiple podcasts, but I know for sure. We talked had a whole section about getting lapped because I gave him advice as someone who's been lapped numerous times in their life, and he has not, so he doesn't know what it's like. So I was trying to uh, Mm -hmm. share my wisdom, but other people who listen to the podcast know. Yeah, and I, you know, getting lapped by Kipchoge, I imagine that's pretty close to a religious experience. Like, it's just like, Mm -hmm. that's like a blessing. It's like, oh, okay. (laughs) Um, Bekele, maybe not quite as much, but similarly awe- awe-inspiring. But getting passed by Beke- uh, by Kipchoge, I imagine it's it's close to a spiritual revel- revelation. You're like, oh wow, yeah. a uh, an angel just passed me. It's <laughs> I, I feel smarter and healthier. Well, it's a good way to know that he actually exists because in most times he races, he just goes, and you never see him again. And at least if he laps you, you know he's real, and he doesn't Have just you run seen- out of sight. Have you ever seen Elliot Kipchoge in, in real life? Yes. I in was person? at that Chicago marathon that he won. Mm-hmm. So I was in the same so he is room. He is real, but that was at the beginning of his reign. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize when he was in there what he would become. I don't think anybody did. So now there's plenty of reasons to doubt whether or not he is, is real. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. if you got lapped, though, you'd at least see him go by you and you'd be like, okay, yep, he's there. He's just really, really fast. And you get to feel how fast he is, at least for a second. Yeah. 
A lot of questions he's going to have to answer. Can he win a marathon anymore that's not sponsored by an oil conglomerate? Like, I, I don't know if that's been answered. It's the big uh, question hanging did, over London. They did release the schedule of race morning. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. And tell me how you're going to plan this accordingly. So the women's race is going to be – I'll do the central time for you. Women's race yep. is going to be – 1.15 a.m. Central Time. Oh, oh no. So 7.15 a.m. in London. The men's race is three hours after that. So that'll be a 4.15 oh. start time. So they'll be done by 6.15. And then the wheelchair race will go off uh, three hours after that. So that is – and if we're on the East Coast, it'd be a little bit later, but I'd almost prefer – I almost prefer the West Coast oh, yeah. setup of, yeah, 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 for sure. Four a.m. is a four a.m. is a tough time to start. That's brutal for for for, um, uh, for the men, but for the women, that's you know one fifteen. That's how are we gonna do this? Are you covering well, this? We probably, covering this? Yeah, we should figure that out. Uh, you want to do that right now? Whoever whoever is not covering this gets the other person's kids. So that's that's <laughs> how we're gonna do it. Uh, for a so day whoever, or a week. Yeah, maybe a month. You know, you think okay. you win. You're like, well, wow, I get to sleep. But it's like, no, nope, too bad. Here's a baby and and a and a and a five year old. So, uh, no, I don't know. That's going to be tough. Obviously, the focus is on the men's race. That's going to be, you know, but the women's race isn't too shabby either. Um, so that's a little bit brutal. I didn't realize they were starting that early. Obviously, it makes sense for them to space them out with social distancing and whatnot, but. Whew, I didn't realize it was going to be that tough. That's going to be a uh, that's going to be a challenge to cover. I haven't covered much recently, so jumping right back into the deep end. Yeah, that's that's the whole stay up or go to sleep issue. If it was just the men's race. Yeah, if it was just yeah, the men's race. You would sleep. just yeah, but I don't know what to do now Oof, with with both of these. This is going to be this is going to be tough. I'm wondering, did they need a whole hour in between those two races? I mean, I know some of the women. You know, we're gonna run two thirty, I guess, because someone will have mm -hmm. a bad day out there, so they'll need to they'll need to clear the course. But um, and I guess since it is a loop course, it's not like you can just start them. Like you can't start Kipchoge and be like, <laughs> "All right, go," and then not expect him to pass a bunch of people. Yep. But right. that is it. Yeah, that isn't that's an early day uh, it for is. us. We'll have to figure that out. Now that you know it's a ten fifteen start, go ahead. Oh, I just I what what fans love to hear is complaints about people. Oh, this is gonna be hard to cover from my bedroom at four o'clock in the morning. They they love that. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I'd be curious to see how many fans. I mean, not that we're gonna know this, but how many people are gonna stay either stay up or get up for this. I assume most people that yeah. want to watch will either not try to not see the results before they watch it in the morning, or uh, at least just get up for the for the men's race because uh, on the East Coast that's not that's not terrible. You know, like a five a.m. or I mean, that's not. It's not awful, awful, but uh, yeah, it's, it it is going to be a little early. Well, you could stagger it so you see the you see the end of the women's race, sure. and then and then you're in a good spot. In years past, I've skipped the London Marathon. Or I've wa tried to watch it later just because of the start time, but I don't think yeah. I can do it this year. I think this year is, is different. Not. Even though, yeah, even though last year and and years every year, it's the biggest race of all time it's the best race of all time and there's always amazing storylines going into these london marathons but this is different this is yeah. a whole order of magnitude 
bigger. So I, I need I need to watch this. And I actually think I think the women's world record is under threat too. So I, I don't know if I want to sleep through Whoa. that Whoa. either. The yeah. women's world well, record. I mean, you, yeah, because the women's world record holders in the race. I don't know if you I don't know if you knew that. We talked about that on the on the podcast as well too. Um, is that right? How's she doing? Hugh Brasher, <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Brasher, the London Marathon race director on Ryan and Alex's pod, said the course is faster than the regular London Marathon. Not as fast as Vienna mm-hmm. for Kipchoge's uh, sub two race, but faster than the mm-hmm. regular London Marathon. I think she's okay. at least got a chance. And then you have Cherry in there as well. You have a lot of you got a lot of big names. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be hard, but I think there's at least a, a an opportunity for her to do it. You don't think a two fourteen oh four is just like a one time like aberration, like that was your one time hitting a grand slam left handed blindfolded type of a performance that never happens again? I just don't. It could be, but that stuff's a bit rare in running. It's not like it, there's an act. She's like, oh, I'm, I'm accidentally running two fourteen yeah. pace. Oh, I'm going to keep accidentally clicking off these splits. I just think Chicago isn't as fast as a course. You know, on the right day mm-hmm. and conditions, things can be quicker. But I think London is a faster course than Chicago. So there's at least some time there that she could get back. And one thing I haven't looked up, weather. I assume you're you're caught up on that. Where are we at with weather? What's it looking like? What weather is going to be good last I checked. Let me give you the you, – you want, you want the – I guess we need a five-day now. Let's, let's look yeah. this up. But it's going to be – so Saturday – or sorry, Sunday, high of 58, low of 48, cloudy. Mm-hmm chance of rain that seems ideal okay. to me now if it that rains pretty good not as good but if we're looking at a high of 58 maybe you'd want it a little mm-hmm. cooler but at seven in the morning their time i think that would mean that we're gonna have a starting time basically in the in the very low 50s so you know I, when they i mean yeah. i'm not saying it's a guarantee i'm just saying it's it's a possibility yeah when you look at other sports and you, you see underdogs, a lot of times if it's like an outdoor sport, like football, I guess, or baseball, um, I'm just going to name outdoor sports. Uh, Keep going. What other you look at a possible upset, uh, possible upset, a contributing factor to an upset is bad weather. It's like, well, that introduces chaos and, and whatnot. I, I mean, it may be a moot point because it's not going to happen, but would it help or hurt Bikele if if the conditions were tougher? I think it would hurt him just based yeah. on how he's done previously in yeah. in the rain. I mean, remember that was one year he he dropped out of uh, Berlin complaining of cold, cold temperatures. I think mm-hmm. the more predictable the conditions, the better for him because you're also going against the ultimate role with the punches guy in Ilya Kipchoge, who, lest we That's forget, true. ran 204 with the insoles coming out of his shoe. That's true. Yeah, that was on purpose, I think. That was a marketing thing. Um, but ask conspiracy. yourself how many people could run. Ask yourself how many pros would keep going when the insole came out of their shoe. And then ask yourself a follow up question how many of them could run 204? Yeah, I can't check the mail at my house without my flip flops on. <laughs> so I can't run a marathon 204 with, with my insoles uh, coming out. So, yeah, you're right. I think Kipchoge is. Uh, better position if his fastball is not working that day he can adapt he's got several several other things he can go to where Bekele may need a uh may need a perfect day 
he's he's gonna need a lot of help i mean it's the more we get closer to this it's like it will be you realize how good kipchoge is yeah it's just like you know i think back i look at like his tills depaja page it's just just you know that 159 it stands out it's just like man (laughs) that guy ran 159 a lot of people forget that, you know. A lot of people forget yeah. that he ran one fifty nine, but I didn't. And uh, you, you have to wonder <laughs> if Bekele, if Bekele knows he ran one fifty nine. I'm just kidding. I like starting sentences with "a lot of people forget" because usually whatever comes yeah. next is not true, and no one has forgotten yeah. it. But <laughs> we'll do the full preview of London later on in the week. We'll do the men on Thursday, and then the women on Friday. We'll also be able to post the the press conference later on this week. I just think. The women's race is is quite top heavy though. With Kozgai, Chepnegic, and Chariot, you have three people who, uh, you know, could run. Obviously, Kozgai's already run two fourteen, but you know, in the teens, and then nobody else has a APR faster than two nineteen. So yeah, it, yeah. I think a lot of it a lot of it will come down to to pacing. I mean, they have let's see seven pacers listed. I'm sure they're all going with various groups. I mean that's the one part of this, right? When she when Cosguy was in Chicago, correct me if I'm wrong, she had male pacers that took her mm. a good portion of, yeah. of of the way, and that is not going to be the case for right. this race. Not sure, not sure. I guess because it's not a male, it's a female only race, so you you, you you couldn't do that. So are you doing okay? By the yeah. way, I hear a lot of coughing. It's making me a bit nervous. Yeah, you know, obviously with COVID going around, there's always concerns, but. I'm uh there I'm, feeling, are, yes. I'm feeling better. Yeah, there's always these concerns. But you know, we've been we haven't really done anything in my house, so I don't know where we picked this up. Um but my family is doing much better. I have just finally the last leg I'm the last uh the last Mohican. I don't know what you would call this. Sorry, that's that's probably not, not the correct way to say this. I, I'm the last person to get this sickness. Uh my my son had it, then my wife the baby, which is always fun, getting out the the, the snot sucker in the middle of the night. Oh to yeah. yeah, yeah, hack snot out of the, out of the baby's nose, uh, and then and now I've got it. So everybody's doing better, but me. So um, no fever either. Um, not not going around and hanging around with other people, but I feel pretty confident that it was just some cold that I have no idea where we picked it up. But yeah, you know, I'm 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 doing okay. Okay, good, good, good. The snot sucker is always fun. That's a parenting merit badge whenever you get to use that mm-hmm. guy mm-hmm. yeah yeah the nose frida shout out if yeah sponsor this got, pod dude i would chill for some free nose frida let me just say yeah uh, we used it last yep. week just surprisingly effective okay let's yeah. talk about doha diamond league it was last friday it feels like so long ago but if you know anything about my co-host lincoln strike he has a soft spot in his heart for doha so any opportunity he has to talk about it, we are going to take like what did you think was the the main story coming out of the final Diamond League of the year? I thought it was Faith Kipiegon. 157 is spectacular, and she's had a really, really strong year. And uh I know that if Savannah San runs the fifteen hundred, she's gonna be the odds on favorite for Tokyo. But I think Kipiegon has gained back more ground. Uh, on Hassan than 
you know, the, the, the gap is, is I think smaller than it was in, in Doha when obviously she beat her by like three seconds or two and a half seconds or whatever. So Kip Yegon, another year, you know, past pregnancy. She was obviously fantastic last year in 2019 to get silver, but she is, you know, if you had favorites for the 1500, it's Hassan 1A. And then I think it's Kip Yegon 1B. I mean, 157 is spectacular. You know, you look at her and Laura Mir, these 1500 runners, and they're like, Gosh, would they just be better off suited just choosing the 800 just because the competition isn't quite as high? I know they're not mm-hmm. going to do that, but that that was another f- fantastic performance from her. And she's had a, a very sneaky, good or sneaky, like very, very strong 2020 season. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And she might end up actually being the the women's athlete of the year just because it's been such a weird year on the women's side mm-hmm. of things. 157, though, in a race where second place was 159 too. Right. It's just mighty impressive. And the women's 1500 hasn't had everybody show up this year. You mentioned Muir. She's been running, but obviously Sifan Hassan hasn't run a 1500. Shelby Houlihan, Jenny Simpson haven't been there. So it doesn't have its normal depth, but be it in the eight or the thousand that Kippy has been doing a bunch of times this year too. She seems, she seems like she's trying to, specifically work on the shorter stuff this year to get a little bit quicker. And I mean, if, yes, if she does that, that's the, the final piece. Not that that was really missing because she's a gold medalist, but that just, that just adds to it. And if you're like me and you're of the mind that Hassan is going to do the five and 10 next year, then this is just put Kip Yegon into a stronger position as favorite in the 1500. Yeah, I, I, I'm hoping just for the sake of competition that I, I agree with you, but I'm hoping for the sake of competition that Hassan somehow finds a way to do the 1500. I know the 15 and five double isn't, isn't a possibility really. Um, but yeah, Kip Yegon, I think maybe looked at last year and said, I just got blitzed completely, you know, nuked with, by speed uh, uh Safan Hassan I just you know if 354 is not good enough I got to get faster right uh mm-hmm. because and so um so that's that's what she did it seems like you got to be in close to world record shape to 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 win a gold medal especially if Hassan does in fact compete and she's done everything in 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 her power this year to improve on that or get herself in that position to to if she needs to run 351 in a final next year i think there's a there's a good chance she can do it so yeah it's just another really really strong performance from her unless you forget of course that she was just completely dominant in 2016 and and 2017 i know a while back several months ago we reviewed that 2017 women's london race and she just dominated so thoroughly in that last lap yeah safanasan in that race but it wasn't safanasan like we know of 2019 and 2020 um, but that's the ability Kip Yegon has at, at her full power to, to just really own this, uh, this, uh, 1500 distance. And she, uh, she's working on that speed and, and, and she's going to be really, really dangerous. Yeah. And lest we forget, a lot of people do forget this Lincoln. So mm-hmm. 156, eight PB in the 800. And, and because she's so good at the 10 K and everything else, you, can forget those years before she was dominant and she was just so yeah. versatile. So if you're looking at, okay, she ran 351 and has a 156, 800 PR. Yeah. Let's drop the 800 PR and Kip Yegon had run 158 before, but now she goes 
into the 157s, does it in a race where she's completely dominant. Would you pick her for women's athlete of the year? Mm. It's weird yeah, to it's think because like she's only run five yeah. times and two of them have been one case. Yeah. The there hasn't been the, like the, the the other than her, it seems like there has not been that like a standout performer. Like there has been clearly like three on the men's side, there's been clear three or four guys that have just been spectacular. Four, on the women's yeah. side, it's been a little little bit less murky. Um <clears throat> perhaps if Elaine Thompson had competed a little more as my nose starts to drip. We'd be talking about her, but I think it is Kip Yagon, just given the victories and the times for sure. Yeah, I guess I think you'd put Thompson in there. Uh, you'd put you'd put Muir in there. You know, she's run a Probably bunch. Obiri. She had some lot. Yeah, yeah. But Muir three fifty seven. I mean, she ran three fifty seven twice and a three fifty eight, and then ran a one fifty eight indoors. It's pretty good. Obiri needs to be considered, but the men is just like an all time. You're going to have a person yeah. like Krauser is probably going to be fourth if they were voting or Warholm is going to be fourth because you're going to have to put Mondo and Sheptegai up there somewhere. But you have four guys who in many other years would have won it and they they are not going to sniff it this year just because how, how tough uh, 2020 has been on the men's side of things. Very strange year. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think it'll honestly if it'll come down to what Cheptegai does in the ten thousand. I think if he breaks the world record, he he wins. And any, anything short of that, it's got to go to got to go to Duplantis. And I mean, they, you could even make the argument, you know, even if Cheptegai breaks it, that it should um, that it should go to Duplantis, which is just absurd. But uh, yeah, much much tougher for the year that Krauser and Warholm had. They're not going to win Athlete of the Year. Which is yeah. just nuts. It's, I mean, yeah. we don't have to repeat it, but in a, in a year with a pandemic, when a lot of people aren't even competing, those guys had arguably the best seasons of their career, and and it's like, no, nope, that's not good enough for a, a track and field athlete, or, you know, athletics athlete of the year. So wild, wild and crazy. We're yeah. we were lucky on the men's side to get the year we had. Yeah, just some real, real standouts at the top it's it's weird to think about when you take a step back you brought up a beery she won this 3k in doha 8.22.5 beatrice chip coach the steeple record holder was third to agnes tear up and then farther down there you had jessica hull of australia formerly of the university of oregon currently of pete's dragons run 8.36 for an aussie record not a Oceana continent record because I'm just seeing the NR here. Mm. I don't see an area area record, so I'll yeah. have to wait another day for the the Oceana record. But that's a lot of records now for for Jessica. What did you what did you take away from this woman's three thousand? Just that Oberi's rock solid unless she's going against Hassan because that's kind of what I think in all these in all these women's races from fifteen to ten k. It's oh, it's great, but you got to do it against Safan Hassan. Yeah, exactly. Helen Oberi uh, racks up a, a lot of victories. She's pretty good. I don't know if you've seen her before, but she's she's good. Um, and she, I, I read the post-race recap by World Athletics, and she said it feels like Doha is a second home for her. Um, oh, same with you. That said, if, if it, right, if Safan, if Safan Hassan is in town, then it's, it's, this town ain't big enough for the both of us, even though Doha is a big enough town. Um, yes, she, in in races that do, that, that don't have Safana San. She is just an, an utter, an utter force. And, uh, 
822 is, is a pretty good time. I tend to be a guy who does, I'm not going to look too much into a 3K time because it's not a real distance. Um, mm-hmm. But she is, I mean, we, we know it. She's the favorite in the 5,000 unless Hassan's there. And if Hassan somehow doesn't run the 10,000, you know, she's not the favorite, but she's got a real good shot at, at gold. Uh, Obiri's, it's interesting. You, you feel like it's like a, uh, how can I put this in a, in a, in a baseball reference that me and four other people who listen to this will, will understand. Um, you know, like she's, she's like, he's, you know, Hassan is like Mike Trout and, and Obiri is like, I don't know. Who's another great player. Um, Hassan Cody Bellinger, you know, yeah, yeah. That's, ooh, that's a good point. Um, overshadowed a little bit because there's so much more, pomp and circumstance with Hassan and her and her abilities. Obiri's though rock rock solid. And uh we're gonna look back, I think, and we're gonna be like, man, she was really good throughout her career. She won World yeah. World XC. She won multiple titles on the track, ran a bunch yeah. of fast times. And then we're gonna be like, ah, but remember when Savannah Hassan won the fifteen hundred and the 10K? I just we I don't think we basically what I'm saying is this is a Helen Obiri appreciation uh soliloquy here <laughs> because she's really really good and let's not forget just because there's Safan Hassan in the world yeah no I agree I agree another result that stood out to me again is just this what Elaine Thompson Thompson hurrah now is is her name she got mm-hmm. married congrats to her a 1087 is just blowing everybody away women's yeah. 100 hasn't been a stacked event this year Obviously, you know, Dina Asher Smith isn't there. Shelly Ann Fraser Price hasn't run most of the season, but she went 1085 and then 1087 back to back to, I'm assuming, finish out her season. That's really, 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 really top times for where we're at this year. And that, that surprised me a bit because I thought with her injury issues, she would just take the year off, glide through to the Olympic year next year, and try to ramp it back up again. So if this is any indication of, uh, what she's going to be like in 2021. I think that that race for gold is going to be really tight between the two Jamaicans. Ooh, that's tough. I, I, I still like Shelly Ann Fraser price. I think she got a tremendous psychological boost, not that she needed it based on her career, but by just how dominant she was that said, Thompson wasn't fully healthy. Um, and now it appears to you, she is for her sake. You hope she can maintain that all the way. It's, it's curious to me. And I'm glad she did that she showed up these these few meets, right? Because like she didn't really run mm-hmm. a ton in the early part of the season and then shows up and she's in like, you know, cha- nearly championship form. It's it's re- pretty incredible, you know, and she's running against no competition for someone of her level and still running very, very good times that make you think she could probably run in the 10 sevens right now if her main competition was there. So yeah, hugely impressive. We know the book on her though, is can she stay healthy? And then, um, will she be able to, you know, compete with her country woman, Shelly Ann Frazier price when it comes to it, eventually Shelly Ann Frazier price, uh, you would think age will, will catch up to her just like it does most sprinters, but it certainly was, most there was people. no signs of that last. Yeah, there was, uh, there was no signs of that last year. So I think she's going to, that's one, the, the, obviously those are one and two favorites in, in the hundred, just based on the Americans being a little bit down right now. And I think at, 
excuse me, uh, Elaine Thompson's got a little bit higher ceiling when it comes to the 100 than Dean Asher Smith. So I would expect and be stunned if one of those two women is not the gold medalist when we leave Tokyo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On the, the men's side of things, Mondo doesn't clear mm. six meters. Yeah, it's like what? Surprised? What? I wanted a refund from. Yeah, I just wanted a refund refund for my uh, company paid uh, NBC Gold subscription. Like that was just absurd. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, still won. Uh, I imagine when he got the victory, he's like looked back on his season in his brain and was like, "Wait a second, I got the outdoor mark. I broke the indoor world record twice." And it could just be the off season right now. Yeah, I think I'm good. I'm good. I'll I'll just yeah, yeah. yeah. five eighty two. I mean, like, this is just how crazy it is with him. It's like five eighty two is just like wait, what happened? What what did he get mm-hmm. hurt or something? I mean, that's that's the that's where he's that's where he's put the pole vault right now. Is five eighty two? Yes, it's st- still going to be good enough to win a, a lot of competitions. But for him, five eighty two is like it's almost like cause for concern. I know it wasn't that. It was the last competition. And he still won against Kendricks and Lavillainy, but uh, mm-hmm. what a year! What what a year for for Mondo Duplantis. And we all can remember the Ultimate Garden Clash because that's where it became personal to him. Mm-hmm. And just went out of town. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. He had a sit down interview in his giant sprawling mansion, and he said, "You know, Lavillainy, I like the I'm guy, but he's, he, yeah, I don't. I'm not co champions. This isn't 2014." NCAA outdoors. He didn't say that because no one remembers that. But that's when it became personal to me. And then he put a cigar in his mouth and said, "I'm going to go break a lot of records." No, I'm just kidding. Um, I know it ha- actually happened after indoor season, so that doesn't make sense. I guess you could say last year in Doha is when it became sense. personal to him. Yeah, yeah, that became personal. Did too. you, when you were watching Doha, what were you, what were you thinking about? What memories were coming back in your mind of last yeah, year? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, one, they weren't in Khalifa Stadium, so that was a little disappointing. And I, um. Where is the stadium that they competed in? Were we near it? I, I don't remember seeing – or was that the outdoor track, They the warm-up track? That was the warm-up track, I believe, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, yes, I was thinking of all the different types of hummus I had. Uh, in fact, this week or last couple of days, I've been – because it's it's been, you know, obviously a year ago. We were in Doha at this time. I was looking back on the different things, uh, how much younger I looked, you know, since, you know, I've aged considerably in the last year, having another child and then a pandemic, it's, uh, it's done, 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 uh, done a number to me, but yeah, looking back, you know, um, missing the Sukwa Keef, missing an air conditioned stadium, miss missing, not feeling like your life is in danger when you're surrounded by hundreds of people. I mean, it, yeah. there was just, there's just so much things so many good memories from Doha uh, that feels a long time ago now. Were there more people in attendance for this Doha Diamond League meet or the women's 100-meter right. final last year? Yeah, it's close. It, it is close. Um, I would imagine the, the bigger stadium, there was still more people for the hundred, the women's 100-meter final, but the it, men's it echoed in there. Yeah, it it echoed in there uh, at Khalifa Stadium last year for those sprinting events. It was weird to see a stadium evacuate when evacuate's not the right word, but to to be to see people start leaving for the exits. It's like wait, the hundred finals coming up. What are you doing? And it's like, well, the East African fans have seen their distance action, and Mutaz Essabarshim doesn't jump for a while, so everybody's going home. 
Well, there was no one there to begin with on those early days. Yeah. Either. Yeah. I mean, even, yeah. even if people did say, you know what I realized was a missed opportunity, a missed content opportunity? The night what? of the 100 final, the night of the 100 final, or any Streaking. one of those first couple of days when no one was there. No, you should have gone to one side no. of the stadium. I should have gone on the other, and we should have recorded a podcast just yelling at each other. Yeah. Yeah. That that would have been made made for good audio, uh, about as good because, as audio of of audio when I when I uh, record from my phone. But um, yeah, I think we could have done it. I think that definitely was achievable. Um, but it's uh, yeah, just, just a missed opportunity. We didn't miss we didn't miss much though when we were there. It was a lot of good questions on my part, a lot of good meals, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of yeah, good yeah. room service had. So. I feel like we left Doha in a good spot. Let's go back to the meet from Friday. Stuart McSwain of Australia. Right. Finally get that yes. Aussie record, 330.51. And did it the hard way, as they say, Lincoln. From the front. This guy just got the, yep. yeah, this guy just got the Aussie you know, 3K record, and he's going to run in that Chepty guy race where he's going to go for the, the 10K record. This guy's going to be a star. And I think, you know, if you don't know his yeah. name – yeah, you should know his name because he's somebody who can uh, get on the podium in a in a bunch of different events. But that was a, that wow. was an impressive run. Uh, that's a bold for him. statement. You don't think he can get on the podium? Yeah, he atones his. Yeah, no, I don't think that. No, I definitely do. There's a lot of good guys. He's like, you... there are, there are a lot of good guys. I mean, there's like there's just so many good guys. That's that's my here's my thing. His legacy in Doha previously was for wearing a comically baggy singlet last year i don't know if you remember the australian jerseys i think yes I you know he put down he put down an m and somebody like as a prank like i bet it was morgan mcdonald like scratched it out and put xl and so yeah. he, his kit was just massive i even took a picture i probably still have it uh, so that was his previous legacy in doha now though he's run 330 won a 1500 granted it was without ingebrigtsen or uh Timothy Chariot, but you know, nice, nice mark for him. Takes down Ryan Gregson's Australian record. I think we were all waiting for that one. When when was that one gonna fall? And it it finally falls at the <laughs> hands of old Stuart Swain. No, I don't consider him a, a I mean, no, I don't he just turned 25. I, I, Look at the range. Come on, man. He ran what under distance, 730. What three distance, okay. Listen, listen, we all we we one thing, one one thing I want to fix in my my media game for 2021 is to stop. Okay, other than Savannah San, stop becoming so obsessed with range. I think that is a fool's errand because ultimately you have to pick one or two distances. You know, you can't run the 1500 through the 10k and the steeple at at a, at a championships. You just you just can't. The 5000. I mean, good luck. Good luck. You don't think Can the fact that. Can he run in the twelve forties? Can he run in the twelve forties? In the ten thousand? Can he run? You think they're gonna run twelve forty? You think they're gonna run twelve forty in the Olympics next year? No, they're not gonna run twelve. Well, one guy—that's a tactical race for the guy up front. He's run twelve thirty-five. You think Centro can medal next year? No, I no Centro's done. But that's okay. That's okay. okay. He had well, a good career. Because okay, well, this would have worked better if you said yes. I think he can medal because then I would say, hey, this guy just ran three thirty. So I think he can. Yeah, no. I think he. I think he, no. if you want to put, if you want to put Chariot in his own tier, put Chariot in his own tier. Is Ingebrigtsen in his own tier in that second spot? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, then you have then you have to put McSwain in the third tier, of which there are a bunch of different people. But that means he has a chance to medal. 
Uh, no, excuse and- me. There is very clearly a third tier, and that belongs to wherever in the world Taufik McLuffy oh. is. That's the <laughs> That's third true. tier. That's, I forgot about that, but I think I think McSwain can slide right in there. Range is important. Range indicates uh, number one options, which are good to have because you can pick different events. But it also indicates that you're just a damn good runner because Safana Hassan for a while there, it's like man, she's really good in the 800, but she gets fourth all the time. And then guess what happened? She went to Doha and won both. But when you run 156 in an 865 and a half marathon, you're a good runner. So I think what the media needs to yeah. do more in 2021 is focus more on range and less mm-hmm. on this. Crazy oh. stuff that you're talking about. More range articles. More range. Yeah. Shout out to David Epstein and his book, Range, where you can uh, get it at any fine bookstores nearest to you. No. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah, not, I mean, I'm, not, I'm no. not saying he's a lock. I'm just saying he's when he runs. No. No. Yeah. Sorry. Listen, Go ahead. 5K, it's tough to know how that race goes. It's tough to know how that race goes. Obviously, if there was a rabbit in the, in the Olympic 5K, you'd say, man. This is going to be a crazy race between Joshua Cheptegei, Jakob Ingebrigtsen, Jacob Kiplimo, and Mohamed, and Muchar Idris. But it's not going to play out that way. And if you have 330 speed, you're going to be pretty dang good in the in the, in the 5,000. And if you have 10,000 yeah. meter strength, no, I, I, you're going to be pretty good in the 5,000. So I get that. No, of course. Yeah, he had a good – he had a very good season. And he also – yeah, as you mentioned – Ran a, a record or whatever Oceana record in the in the three the seven twenty eight got a little overshadowed by Kiplimo and Ingebrigtsen obviously but very very nice season it's just tough for me when you look at who he has to he's blocked by a lot of dudes which is uh, yeah is, doesn't take away from his his ability um, he uh, he's got a puncher's chance I guess that's all you can ask for he's so he ran. He's run, excuse me, 331 three times now and a 330 once. So he's consistently mm-hmm. in that range. Yeah, his best distance is probably the 3K, which, okay, that's a bummer to have your best distance be the 3K. But you could say the same thing about Ingebrigtsen. I mean, isn't he just like essentially like Ingebrigtsen with a Ingebrigtsen little bit light. more? Well, and I want to say, depending on how he does in this, I mean, his, he has the. He already has the, excuse me, he already has the Aussie record in the 10,000, 27, 23. Mm. So he might even have a little bit more range than, than Jakob. Obviously, his top end isn't as, as good. He hasn't run as fast in the 1500, but this guy's, this guy's legit. I think, I think he's going to be right there next year. Listen, if he runs under the- 27 minutes, then maybe we'll talk. But if we get to the 10,000, when you talk about, if when you talk about Cheptegei, Kajelka, Ronix, Kiprutu, Kiplimo, I mean, where there's no there's no shot for him the ten. So it, it's got to come down no, to I'm five. Not, I'm, I'm not saying maybe, maybe I'm not the saying, Yeah, I'm just saying he ran twenty seven twenty three just to show you the range. I'm not saying he's mm-hmm. his best chances in the, in the ten thousand. I'm just saying that what that's what differentiates okay. him a little bit from Ingebrigtsen. But you know, Ingebrigtsen's run three twenty eight, right? And Ingebrigtsen's run seven yeah. seven twenty seven. But you know, in that three k race. You don't get extra points for this, but it does show that you know maybe in a tactical race you'll be in a good position. But he ran what's known as the hard yards in that three k, mm-hmm. keeping that pace going. Have yeah. you ever run the hard yards, Lincoln? No, you don't, because you're gonna no. not even yeah. talk about range next year in 2021. No, I'm I'm resigned to not talk about it. Uh, made that decision the easy yards. along with my consultants. Um, yeah, he's a north and south back, you know. He he picks up. He's he's your guy. You go to Stuart McSwain on fourth and one, right? Yeah, um, I I think I'm betting on the guy. I'm betting on a guy who 
is 330, 27, 23, 728. Mm-hmm. Not a not a massive not a massive leap of faith there. But anyway. Okay. Uh what else? What else? So we had uh, Ferguson Rotich win the 800, which probably should have ended when Donovan Brazier decided to not run anymore. Uh, hey, Bryce Hopple in that race. Ferguson Rotich gets the uh, yeah. Ferguson Rotich gets the uh, non Donovan Brazier 800 meter runner of the year award. That's pretty big for him. <laughs> it, it took a big comeback after Bryce Hopple ran 143 too, but Hopple uh, coming back to the states, licking his wounds a little bit, uh, and Timothy Chariot too. Timothy Chariot. Maybe stick with the fifteen hundred. That was not a good race for him. Um, <laughs> Jeez, Ferguson Rotich now said, slots in favorite for the silver. That's big. Congrats, congrats, Ferguson. Uh yeah. What's going on with your guy Hopple? His debut, he hits out of the park and then slows down from there. Is it time to panic? All for all the Bryce Hopple stands out there. Well, it was tough because he went home, of course. He went back to Lawrence and ran the Bob Timmons Classic. You know, he's used to having a couple cross-country races. No, I don't know. Uh, he's under race. I'm curious. He's more I don't know why he took a little break after he ran 143.2. You know, he didn't go to Stockholm and, and whatever. I don't know. It's You're, you're allowed to lose a little bit. Uh, all in all, to, to come away with the PR this season, he had a pretty solid indoor year. I, you know, he's... He's going to be an Olympian, and he's going to be in the final. He'll be fine. I think it was just weird to watch him drift back where we're normally Mm -hmm. used to seeing him move up. It was just a strange visual, just like it was a strange visual to see Timothy Chariot not out, not out front. But I, I never looked at Timothy Chariot and thought, ah, now that's a guy who's going to be really good in the eight hundred. He just seems so perfect for the fifteen. He's running one forty three. He's running one forty three low. I think. Yeah, yeah, but no, but I'm. Just the way he runs just doesn't seem conducive yeah. to being in it. Yeah. I think he runs he runs the 143 because he's just so damn good at the 1500 that you can't help but also be mm-hmm. kind of good. But I just think he's tailor-made for for that distance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not much yeah. range. Does Timothy Chariot have an 800 problem? My column. Not if he's – has he really run 143? Yeah, like in Nairobi, which I know 800 is like whatever. Altitude's not much. But yeah, he's run like – at like 143 at like 7,000 feet. It's pretty incredible. No, it's, I mean, again, he's good. I just don't, I don't see him uh, as a guy, like as somebody who's going to, going to bounce it back before in between those two things. Wow. Yeah. 143-1 in 2019. Um, mm-hmm. What's his second best time? 144, 145. He hasn't run many of them. Yeah. It was a good meet. It was a good meet with some uh, interesting storylines taken to the off season. So we got, Obviously, the Continental Tour in Kenya coming up, which yep. will be interesting. Maybe we'll see Timothy Chirty again. Yes, exactly. And in, then also the, the – Yes, good job. And then obviously the World Record Day, which is going to be the week after London. So we'll focus on London yes. from here on out. Stay focused on that. Where Stuart uh, McSwain will prove Lincoln wrong once again. You've been wrong a lot this year, more so than your normal average. Keep going, though. I like it. Right. I came into the year, and I was like, big prediction, guys. No giant pandemic that wrecks the economy. And I was wrong. I mean, that was my bold <laughs> prediction, and I was completely wrong on that. So, you know, mea culpa for me there. Um, <laughs> I did go back and listen to a lot of the uh, early pandemic episodes. They didn't age very well. I will say that. No, no. 
probably like a lot of like, no, there's no chance the Olympics get canceled or postponed. Like, um, man, world indoor is canceled, but I can't see it going beyond that. Remember, remember, can't remember world indoors. Uh, yeah, that was funny to even think about. I can't even remember it. What, what city was that supposed to be in Na- Nanjing? Are they doing that still? Na- Nanjing. It's yeah, yeah. Coming yeah, up in like a couple it. months. It's like a couple yeah, they months. Pushed it to, mm-hmm. Yeah. They pushed it to 2021. Mm. wild Big. wild year all right you go we'll leave it there nan you wanted to go last year i mean before the pandemic but I you were did. like hey so where do we put the credential in i said i don't think it's happening man and you're like darn it yeah. um i'm not i do want to get out there though see 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 the world see the united states at yep. least see parts of texas anywhere literally get get me yep. out of this room outside this house yeah Yep. Staring longingly out the window. Uh, podcast at gmail.com is our email address. Tomorrow, Gordon and I will be on the pod. Wednesday, we'll have a guest. And then Thursday and Friday, we will have our exhaustive London Marathon preview. Lincoln and I are going to be studying up the next few days to bring you yeah. some good analysis of that race. From Buckingham Palace. Sorry, I, didn't, <laughs> I don't want to spoil it, but that's going to be big. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot for producing. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.